0: When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone, must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details.
1: Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
0: Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host, and today is a super, super, super special episode. Um, I have done one live podcast before, and that was at Fireside, um, the conference that was this past September, and interviewed Michael, and he was amazing. Um, but that was kind of, you know, just at a conference, uh, just doing a live podcast that was already kind of set up there. Um, and this past Saturday, April 13th, I hosted my very first all-by-myself live podcast event and felt so many feelings. Um, I have to say, Leading up to hosting the event, you know, there's all kinds of voices that come into your head. And I definitely struggled with confidence on putting this on, um, struggled with, you know, just the skills of event planning that I (laughs) have not previously acquired until now. Um, And also just with the support of my entire community that, like, really, really stepped up to help me put on this event. Um, So before we get into the event itself, um, just want to give some thank yous uh, to people who helped out with the event. So the event was actually hosted at the Cloud Room in Seattle, which is located in Capitol Hill and Chop House Row. And I had never been in there prior to looking at them as an event space. And I was like, dang, this is quite a hidden gem of Seattle." The coworking space itself is so cozy and so cute and just so inviting. Um, It is women ran and women owned um, and just... Everyone there, like Dee, Dee was amazing, the woman that helped me with the event planning. Um, And so I was honestly, after talking with everyone afterwards, it was like, it definitely would not have been the same event if it wasn't hosted there. Um, It was really the perfect space for this kind of um, intimate, emotional event. Um, And so, so, so happy that we had it there at the Cloud Room. Uh, But then also we had... A bunch of vendors that participated in the VIP goodie bags, um, and so there was a separate VIP area after the recording and after the Q and A, um, and we had tacos made by my favorite vendor, Brothers and Co., who I always post at the Sunday Ballard Market, um, but they're also located at like several other markets throughout Seattle. I'm pretty sure are like five markets a week. Uh, so they do ramen and tacos, and it's just. It's amazing. They source from local farmers and they just like, they're so creative. And it's the best ramen I've ever had. And the tacos are the best tacos I've ever had. Um, So super, super happy to have them. hosting and making tacos for everyone in VIP. They did made-to-order tacos, which was just such a nice touch and they were beautiful. They had these like little edible flowers on them. It was, it was delicious. Um so super, super thank you for uh to Zach and and Seth for participating in that at Brothers and Co. Um and then in the actual VIP goodies themselves, um, we had a bunch of local Seattle vendors participate and that was really like a large part of what I wanted to do with this event was highlight and kind of give spotlight to a few different Seattle companies that I love and, um, just kind of give some, give some shout outs as well to like some smaller local, uh, businesses that, you know, I, I just, I think that's really important to build up our communities. And, um, so first was Barb, uh, who has BCD rhythms. Um, for those of you that do follow me on Instagram, you might've remembered me posting about my dance class that I do in Capitol Hill. Um, it's right next to Smith on, I believe that's 15th Ave. Uh, and it's like in this little basement, it's like a, It's a small little studio. It's like very cozy in there. And I've referred to it as like my hippie dance class. And um, it's just, it's very inviting. And and Barb is amazing. She does a great job at balancing like... um, just kind of doing what your body feels it needs, but also like some direction on in terms of like choreography, but like you're also doing squats and you're doing lunges. And so it's, you know, I'm very particular about the kind of workouts that I do and have loved going to Barb. Um, And she actually asked a question during our Q&A. That was fantastic. Uh, So super, super happy to have Barb there and um, her class passes in the VIP goodie bags. And then- a familiar guest, um, Sarah McNally, who was on an episode of the podcast. um, I don't even know what month that was. It was a while back, Uh, but she owns a letterpress company here in Seattle called Constellation Co. And she has, these cards are all just amazing, but she has like ones that are very specific to mental health. So ones that say, you know, like, we're gonna get there step by step, like brick by brick, like you're not alone. Um, you are not a burden, you are worthy, you are loved. Um, and so <clears throat> so we had a few of her cards in there um, for people to you know send to their friends. and even I have some of mine, honestly, just like <laughs> as decor almost in my apartment, but they're also like beautiful reminders. Um, and they're just so supportive and, and so her cards are. Absolutely wonderful. Um, VIP also got thank you cards from her that I wrote little notes in to everyone that came. Um, so thank you so much to Sarah at Constellation Cole for that. Um, and then also another kind of workout um, piece, we had Sol- Seattle Pilates Collective, who um, it's actually the husband of Laura, who is one of our guests. Um, it is his, he part owns and and runs and has founded Seattle Pilates Collective and um, I've been actually trying Pilates and it's a fantastic workout. It is so my kind of workout where you're not necessarily getting your heart rate up. You're focusing on like these small little muscles. And the instructor I've been working with, Rachel, there is absolutely wonderful and has really focused on like the fact that I had scoliosis and I've never had anyone that I've worked with in any kind of like physical space really notice the things that she's noticed about my spine and and how that's impacted my body and the way that I can move. And it's just really helped me like be more aware of where my body is at. And so I'm like super, super happy that a bunch of you guys um, recommended that I try Pilates. And then, then I was able to get in contact with Seattle Pilates Collective because not only is their space amazing and Laura has some of her artwork in there, but just the instructors themselves are amazing there. So there's some discounts to some of the classes in there. So super thank you to them for participating. Um, also Life Float, uh, they're a salt bath company in South Lake Union. And then I believe they have other locations as well. Uh, but yeah, you go and you float and you get these like it's private room and um, you get to just kind of relax and let your muscles relax. And they're filled, these baths are filled with Epsom salts and uh She's really good for like relaxation, for some meditation, um, and so there's some discounted classes in there as well. Um, and then a super wonderful woman who reached out to me. Um, gosh, this was probably back September, maybe I don't know. She had sent me an email, um, Brittany, for her candles, Glasgow candles, and. Um, it had sat in my inbox for so long and I had started and I was like, oh, I definitely like her candles seem really cool. And I really love that. She's like, you know, a small business here in Seattle and trying to grow. And then finally, when I realized I was going to be doing this event, I was like, I need to reach back out to her. I would love for her to participate in this. And so we finally got connected, um, and she's got some of her candles in there and then we're going to actually collaborate on a scent, like a scent that I love and a scent that reminds me of Seattle. And so you guys can kind of stay tuned to that. I'll be sharing that um, customized candle scent and all of her scents are customizable. um, And she's just super, super sweet. And um, she also asked a question during our Q&A about um, business. But but yeah, so the Glasgow candles were in the VIP bags as well. So thank you so much to Brittany for participating. Um, and then you guys know that I like love plants so much, and um, I get a lot of questions about you know how you go about planting, what kind of seeds do you plant. Um, and I was super super happy to partner with Seattle Seed Co on this uh, project and on this goodie bag. So VIP people got um, some basil, some lettuce, and then like a gift card to them as well, and. they they have a bunch of other products besides just seeds, um, but again, their seeds are wonderful, and you can purchase them online. Um, and yeah, so super, super thank you to them. I wanted people to feel like like the bag itself was almost kind of this like self care bag that that they were able to spoil themselves with and nourish themselves with. And so Seattle Seed Co. was definitely a good a good a good piece in that one as well. All right, just a quick message from one of our new sponsors who I'm really excited to share with you guys, um, HoneyBook. That is an online business management tool that lets you control your client communication, uh, bookings, contract, invoices, all in one place. So if you're running a creative business, um, you know how to make your clients look good. But when you're struggling with tedious administrative tasks, you guys can just let HoneyBook do the work and make you look good. Um, You can even use HoneyBook to consolidate services you already use, like QuickBooks, Google Suites, and MailChimp. Um, Over 75,000 photographers, designers, event professionals, and other entrepreneurs have saved hundreds to thousands of hours a year. Um, It's your business. It's just better with HoneyBook. Right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off your first year with promo code Taylor. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. So go to honeybook.com and use promo code Taylor for 50% off your first whole year. That's a long time. You can get paid faster and work smarter with HoneyBook.com promo code Taylor. And now we can get back to the show. Um, and then last but certainly not least was Dry Soda, who um, you guys might've seen me post about, but they are absolutely wonderful. Um the woman that has founded Dry is such a badass and I look up to her so much. Um so most of you guys know I don't drink alcohol and I didn't want this event to be one, you know, I mean it's Saturday 2 to 4. I didn't want people to be like, you know, sipping on cocktails and potentially going in a little bit too far because they are in their fields. Um which is, you know, how we tend to kind of cope with things sometimes in our society and I wanted it to be an event that people felt was supportive of not only their physical health but also their mental health. So we had dry uh, mocktails there and their mocktails are like super easy to just kind of enjoy on their own. Um, They do have a sugar-free line as well, but um, I would say that the sugar is kind of comparable to what you would, would be getting anyway with a mocktail if someone's using a syrup of some kind. Um... But yeah, we made little mocktails for everyone in general, Mission and VIP. And then VIP got some of their, um, they got a, a lavender mocktail drink and they got a cucumber mocktail drink. Um, the, the cucumber one was the one that we actually used to make our mocktails with. It was just the cucumber soda and then some lime and some mint and they were delicious. And um, Canada man, Fraser, my boyfriend, actually... Made the mocktail, made the mocktails. So thank you to him for being the little bartender for the day. Um, and yeah, I was super super happy to partner with Dry on this and have them have them present and kind of share them more with the Seattle community as they are also um, Seattle locals. So yeah, that's that's all the people that contributed with the goodie with the goodie bags with VIP, um, and just so 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 thankful that like the vision that I had came to life because the people in my community cared about the same things that I cared about and wanted to support this event. And I'm so, so thankful to all of those people for being a part of this. Um, and then even my, my guests, uh, Carla Marie, Les, and Laura, who you guys will hear more from than a bit, um, and they're just amazing. I've, I've known these ladies for some time, and without them, this really would not have, would not have came to light. Um, it is a little bit of a different podcast episode than I've done in the past, where you know I do have more guests on this episode. So there's kind of two different segments here, but um, I think it worked out really well. And it, you know, everyone seemed to take something away. Um, everyone kind of, I think, came looking for different things, and I think everyone was able to find something in in me or or in one of the guests. Um, So yeah, for this being the first live podcast that I've done, I've definitely learned a lot from it. Uh, (laughs) There's definitely some things I would do differently. Um, One of them to start off was uh, I had... I pressed the record button once I walked out, so I missed Morgan's introduction to me on the recording, um, which I'm really sad you guys don't get to hear. It was a it was a beautiful introduction, and Morgan has been on the podcast before as a guest, and she's also a very dear friend of mine. Um, she hosts many events with the church, uh, with Church Home here in Seattle, and she's just amazing all around. So very, very bummed that I did not get her intro on this. Um So the episode will kind of just start out with me saying, you know, okay, well, since this is a live podcast, let me make sure to press record because that would be very bad. (laughs) Um, So started off like that. But um, yeah, the other thing I would say that I learned is I definitely needed to have more mics and unfortunately I just didn't have more mics. And so some of the uh, questions for Q&A might, it might be hard to hear. Um, So just my apologies on that. And hopefully you can kind of really mm-hmm. tune, tune your ear in to be able to hear those questions. Um, that's definitely something I, I will make sure in the future, if I do another event to make sure that there's a microphone passed over to the people that are asking questions for Q and A. Um, and the, the questions were really great in this event. And I think next time I would definitely like to do a longer Q and A portion, um, as long as people bring their questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, we only had a certain amount of time to then uh, go to VIP and whatnot. But yeah, the I, I'm still trying to process the fact that this whole event even happened. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> without any further ado, I will let you guys listen to my very first live podcast episode. So enjoy. Yeah, what an adventure getting here! Um, have definitely been feeling all of the feelings leading up to this, but it's so nice to know that you guys are all in this with me and we can all do this together. Um, So we should probably get started and I will introduce you guys to my first guest. We're gonna do two kind of segments today. Um, One is gonna be with Carla Marie and Les, who are amazing women and I love. And then the second segment is gonna be with Laura Burkhart. So without further ado, we'll start. Um, Carla Marie is a radio and podcast host. Uh, she has been a dear friend of mine since right after being on The Bachelor. Um, she sent me an email saying that she needed to have me on her show and we needed to talk about this emotional intelligence and <laughs> all of it. Um, she is one of like the hardest working women I know. Um, she started off with a show in New Jersey with the Elvis Duran Show, working radio, and she started in two thousand fourteen the My Day Friday podcast with her coworker, Anthony. And um, she, she just hustled so hard. And from My Day Friday, they were able to get the Carla Marie, Carla Marie and Anthony show here in Seattle. And um, now she also has her Side Hustlers podcast where she features people that work their regular nine to five jobs and then also work a passion project on the side. Um, and she's just all around amazing. So Carla Marie, you want to join us out here? <laughs> Hi, <Thank> guys. You. <laughs> And then, um, our second guest that's going to join us for this segment is Les. Um, she started the Balanced Berry blog back in 2014 and, uh, then she's also started the Balanced Black Girl podcast, which also has a book club. And recently she just interviewed Michelle Obama, which deserves an applause all on its own. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, so she's been working really hard to focus on inclusivity for women of color, specifically in the wellness space, but really in in all spaces. So let's give a warm welcome for Les. Woo. Come on out. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah. You guys, uh, you have actually been on the podcast already. Yes. Um, and that was a very, very fun episode. Um, and Carla Marie, this is, will be your first I time know, joining us. I know, this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and so one reason I really wanted to have both of you together for this segment is because more than any of the other women I know, I feel like you guys both represent, like, women being strong women and, like, supporting other women. And especially in the work of media, like, that all three of us are in, um, it can be such a like cutthroat, uh, environment. And I feel like both of you have not only like made me feel warm in it, but just, you really practice what you preach and women supporting women. Um, so a, thank you for that. <laughs> of course. And yeah, B, I guess if you guys could talk a little bit about, um, how you've, how you've managed to actually practice that and not just be kind of preaching it
2: yeah uh, I can start so uh, from the wonderful introduction that Taylor gave me, I started off as a fitness blogger or I started a fitness blog years ago that really revolved around me trying to have the answers to everyone else 's wellness problems and that didn 't work out so well because i don 't have the answers to everyone else 's problems i don 't have the answers to a lot of my own problems and When I started to shift around having conversations with bringing in different women to share their message and to share their expertise with my audience and kind of be a facilitator to introduce my audience to more women, all that did was create this beautiful community where we could all share together, where no one person needs to have all the answers to everything.
3: I think it's exactly what you said. It is practice what you preach. Anyone can go on Instagram, Twitter, and say, I support women. But you have to do it. I don't really say it. I don't actually Mm -hmm. ever actively say the words I support women. I just do it. And when you said to me, Hey, I want to have you on this podcast because you really Mm -hmm. support women, I was like, I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. (laughs) I do that. So I think it's just being there. And if I'm gonna post on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it may be, or have you on my podcast where I do have men and women, it's following up with that and really believing in someone Mm -hmm. and being there for them and championing them and not just using a hashtag Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and you um specifically working in radio i mean that's like a very (laughs) male-dominated field a little bit
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah my entrance into radio though was with elvis duran in the morning show which the theme of that show was Women win because mm-hmm. Elvis's show was trying to counter the Howard Sterns of the world, which oh, yeah. we all know Howard Stern is very talented, mm-hmm. but I don't relate to many of the things Howard Stern says. So being on this show that was historic in New York and, and all over America was amazing. And to be a woman on a show where women win was great. Mm-hmm. And I had a great mo- role model yeah. at that show who taught me it's okay to work with other women. Mm-hmm. But it was when I got my own show with my coworker and friend yeah. Anthony that. I would be in a room with our 11 bosses and I was the only female in there. And I was like looking around, this is awesome. But at the same time, it would be great to have another female around who Mm -hmm. can support my opinion because our target audience is female. So it is a little weird sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then even now, your guys' show has shifted gears a little bit where you do have another female working closely with you, and I'm curious what that process has been like for you because now you're not the only woman. No, and that actually was a
3: very large internal battle for me. We started this process seven months ago to hire someone new for our show. We ended up hiring another male and another female, so Mm. it's even, but... It was really hard for me because there would be times where I would say, well, it's weird. I'm not going to be the go-to girl anymore. And it started this inner thing with me where I was really mad at myself Hmm. for thinking that. I'm like, you're supposed to be this person who is strong and stands up for women. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Why are you thinking this? And I think it's just competitive nature in general. And our co-host Alabama is awesome. And we are two strong, powerful females. And we're Mm -hmm. completely different and have different opinions. And it works.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And I think, I think that can be so difficult to pinpoint within ourselves, especially, you know, when, when we identify as wanting to be feminist and, and right. wanting to, you know, believe and really practice of su- the support of other women, um, that when you start to feel that come up, it's like, oh shit, wait, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> you're this isn't me. To like, that. no, 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 that's not something I'm supposed yeah. to be feeling right now. Um, and so it, I think it's amazing that you're able to actually like stop and look at that and be but like, I felt it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It was real. It
3: and
0: my, sometimes it's just there. And then you're like, okay, I think I might have to deal with this now yeah. because it's happening. Um, and Les, for you, I'm curious if you can talk a little bit um, because you're in your podcast. It's it's just you, but you also, you speak with a, a lot of other women and yeah. one of them, Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <No big> <laughs> so, <laughs> but for you... There's kind of this specific mission of creating a community that's very inclusive of women of color. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, definitely. So
0: in my background in
2: fitness, I ended up in a lot of wellness-focused mm. spaces, and a lot of the time, I would be at different events, I would be at different trainings, I would take workout classes, and I would look around and I wouldn't see anybody else who looked like me. And I feel that that's a problem. That's a really big problem when you start to dissect why that is. And you start to dissect who's taking care of themselves and maybe who isn't, not because people don't have the desire to, but because those resources aren't marketed towards everyone. And that sends us the message that our wellness doesn't matter as much as other people's. And when I realized that, it was like a light bulb. And at first I was like, somebody should do something about that. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, I should do something about that because yeah. I see it and I, I want to make it better.
0: Yeah. And you are doing a, a lot about that. I mean, you're <laughs> like, for for both of you, honestly, I know like social media is one thing to kind of compare um, lifestyles and whatnot. But I think even in a professional way, you know, I look at the two of you as like, just incredible women who have hustled so, so hard. And you guys just have this like amazing work ethic. And I know for like, you're a Leo, um, I don't know. Okay. Pisces. Creative Uh, and crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like, you guys just have such a like passion to, to pursue the kind of work that you're doing. And like, how do you take the time to take care of yourselves?
3: There is probably five out of seven days of the week where I don't, and it's not like yeah. I am probably the last person you should ask that question to because <laughs> yeah. that is honestly something I'm working on right now. It's, Maybe that's why I need to ask you. The right, question. <laughs> what am I wasting my time on? And it's a lot of time Instagram. When you look at that screen yeah. time, it is the scariest thing in the world to see. For me yeah. in January, it was 14 hours a week, mm-hmm. and I'm not just po- and I am responding to people and all that. Yes. But it's a lot of scrolling, and if you yeah. put your phone down and set that alarm. Think of all the things you could be doing. I somehow have a podcast and a morning show and all the Mm -hmm. things that go with that, but what else could I be doing for me if I wasn't wasting my time? And I think part of being so jam-packed kind of makes me do things properly, but I could be doing so much more if I wasn't wasting time. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really funny that I keep naming all these businesses after balance because I am not balanced. <laughs> balanced <laughs> is a moving target. Like it's the, the, yes. the journey. That's the goal. Right? <laughs> uh, and I like to think of it as seasons. So we have seasons where we're hustling really hard and maybe where it's more of a sprint and mm-hmm. where it's more of like us really planting the seeds. And then we have seasons that are more of a harvest where things kind of come to fruition and mm-hmm. you can take a little bit more time and space to enjoy what you've worked for. But I think it's just, it's, it's having a goal and it's wanting to achieve it, but also knowing that if you don't take care of yourself, you won't achieve it. So your goals Mm -hmm. can't be at the expense of taking care of yourself.
0: Yeah. That's such a good point. And thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Needed to hear that today. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm curious then when you have these kind of seasons, when you've done this, this kind of sprint of working really, really hard, Mm -hmm. how do both of you then know, like what, what does that look like for you when you've reached a point to say, okay. I need to now switch gears and actually take care of myself. Like, how do you
2: know that that point is there? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is really listening to your body. And I think we should all kind of understand in our essence how... Our normal baseline of feeling is mm-hmm. how we normally feel emotionally, how we normally feel energetically. And when you're really tuned in with how your body feels, you then also know when something is off and when you don't feel like yourself, when you're snapping at people, or when you're grouchy, or when you know, you can feel when that's off and when it's time to readjust.
0: Is that what happens for you? You feel like you get like grouchy and snappy, and oh, you're absolutely. like, Oh, I gotta check myself. I'm like, I
2: can't people. I need to not. <laughs>
0: yes. <eat> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. For me, I'll start noticing that.
3: I can't complete sentences or my words. It's yes. crazy. My words start getting all mixed up and I need to be able to talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to sit down and say, what am I doing for myself? When am I taking a break? And I'll start saying no to almost anything I'm asked mm-hmm. to do yeah. for a few days just yeah. to clear my schedule. And then if something does pop up, I can do it. Mm-hmm. But And that is hard for me to say yeah. no to things. So that's something I'm constantly working on mm-hmm. is not feeling like I have to do everything to be successful. It's, you have to be present to be Mm -hmm. successful. And when you're doing all of it, you're definitely not present. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah. The saying no part is so hard, especially when I think you've been in such this season of go, 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 go. Um, Because then it's like, oh, wait, but then I could be missing out on this opportunity Mm -hmm. and I could be missing out on this thing and think of who I could meet if I did this. Um, And maybe even the sense of like, am I failing if I say no? Um, Which could go real deep. Uh, But yeah, like the amount that you even talk in a day on the radio and then two podcasts, like that's a lot. It's kind of sad, but there's a point where I texted
3: my friend on a Friday night and I said, I'm staring at a blank wall right now and it is the most relaxed (laughs) I've been. So our go-to thing now is I'll text her and I'm like, I'm staring at a wall and it's awesome because I don't have to think, I don't have to do anything, I don't Mm -hmm. have to talk and it's my time to decompress. But yeah, Yeah. I talk a lot all Mm -hmm. the time. It's Mm -hmm. just... (laughs)
0: Shouldn't yes. Be yes. Allowed. <laughs> so it sounds like then for both of you, maybe that time of self-care looks a little bit something like some me time. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Big hikes time. are great. Hikes are definitely like a way to still be active, but also yeah.
3: just get away from everything, get mm-hmm. away from the talking, the social media. A lot of times you don't have service yeah. on hikes, so you Very don't true. feel the need to take your phone out. You can take all mm-hmm. the pictures you want to post on your way home, yeah. but while you're out there, it's a great time to decompress. So yeah. yeah hiking is my go-to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just love alone time, quiet time. Mm -hmm. Any time where I just have nothing on the schedule and I can decide how to spend my time instead of feeling obligated to do different things in different places, journaling, meditating, reading.
0: Now I'm going to ask you guys a question that you probably don't want me to ask. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Those are like great, healthy, um, very you know, Instagrammable, like coping (laughs) skills of like going for a hike and journaling. But like, what are some things that you guys do that you notice that like, this is how I'm coping with my stress right now. And that it's like a very unhealthy way to be coping or it's a, it's perhaps a work in progress of yours. That's maybe Mm. not, not, um, what you'd post on Instagram in terms of how you're trying to cope with things. Yeah.
2: I have a... I mean, I'm not good at talking about my feelings. I have a really bad tendency to hold things in. Well, this is the
0: podcast. (laughs) I know.
2: (laughs) Feelings, my favorite. Um, And... But I've also learned over time that I start to feel things very physically. So if I get really stressed and I hold things in and I don't talk about it, like physically my body starts feeling unwell. So I started forcing myself to talk about my feelings more. Therapy is one of those things that I regularly go to therapy and it's not like super pretty, but it has been so necessary just to get me to open up more. Mm -hmm
3: what I start to do to cope with those feelings of being stressed Mm. is really shutting everyone out. And I don't want to go out. I don't want to be. Yeah. I don't want to be around people, but really I should be going out and enjoying myself. But I'll have times where I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I do want Mm -hmm. to sit home and those feelings once in a while to decompress are fine, but There are times where I'm like, I can't, I can't talk to someone Mm -hmm. and it makes me start panicking and I'll sit home on a Saturday night and just be miserable Mm -hmm. because I want to be having fun, but I can't have fun. And it's because I've hit this level of, I can't have any, I don't have any more energy. I Mm -hmm. can't spend it on anything else. And it is because we burn ourselves out too much sometimes. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah I think there's a fine line there's a a balance <laughs> to <laughs> the to the me time and that becoming a sort of isolation period mm-hmm. um, because we are we are by nature, social beings, yeah. uh, but we also only have you know a certain amount of of energy sometimes that we can give to other people, and making sure that those interactions that you are having with with other people are actually filling your cup up a little bit. Because yeah. especially like when you're working and you're hustling at something, you're just kind of give, give, giving everything. Um, and so yeah, there's a. There's definitely a balance to that.
2: Well, I think there's also a distinction between taking time for yourself and shutting people out. Yes. Th- they're very different and it can be easy to yeah. shut people out and pretend like you're just taking time for yourself. And it's important to understand the difference.
0: Very, yes. very. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm really happy too, that you brought up going to therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, every episode I'm like, so i to been to therapy. <laughs> like, do you like therapy? <laughs> um, and Carla Marie, we had actually just spoken yep. about this, uh, earlier this week or something um, where that was something that you were now starting to consider for the first time. No, I, yeah, I have never been. And
3: now more than ever, I said to you, "It's like, I need to go. Yeah. And I'm scared to take that first step because I have no idea what happens at your yeah. first session. <laughs> and I'm like, where do I start? There's so much. And <laughs> yeah. we can joke about it. We can laugh about it, but I seriously am scared yeah. for that first session. So yeah. I said to you, I'm like, just tell me what to do, where mm-hmm. to go. I trust you. But yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it really is, a very scary step to take first. Um, I'm curious if you want to share a little bit about kind of what that first step looked like for you personally.
2: Yeah. So as I mentioned, I mean, I have a tendency to feel things very physically. So my first experience with therapy was when I was in college. I want to say I was maybe like a sophomore or a junior Mm -hmm. in college. And I was experiencing a lot of anxiety that was like physically manifesting. Like I was physically having very severe panic attacks and started going to um, therapy on campus. But I think because it felt so like aggressive, I was seeking relief from it Mm -hmm. at that point. And so I was like running there. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've also had other points in my adult life where I had stopped and started and knew I needed to go back and hesitated, Mm -hmm. um, again, kind of wanting to to shut people out. But Mm -hmm. It's once you get there, I think it's hard to know what to expect the first time you go because it totally depends on who your therapist is, what you need. You just kind of have to go with it, but there's no, you have nothing to lose by doing Mm it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. And. (laughs) All right. We're selling you. You so won't be alone (laughs) at all. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a lot we can go over just in terms of even seeking counseling for the first time. um, But it's... It's almost like making a new friend, you know? Um, yeah. You might go and you might feel like, oh, th- this person and I really mesh. And it might be like, oh, I don't think this person really gets me. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that like you don't make a new friend ever again in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you you go again, you find someone else. Um, and sometimes the first session is just like a total word vomit. And that's totally okay, mm-hmm. um, you know? You build this kind of relationship with your therapist, with, with your counselor, where, you know, they they really are there to help you help yourself, and um, you just kind of have to communicate along the way of, like, what you need and, and what you're going through, and yeah. um, it'll be okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for opening up and yeah, sharing no, I, that part because I know whatever. that's, like, kind of a, a work in progress currently. Absolutely. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure maybe it is for someone else here today, too. So, um, Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I mean, spoke a little bit about like some of the business aspect, which is one thing I really look up to the two of you for a lot. Um, And even just your support and doing something like this. I mean... I don't know why, but I think I always almost unconsciously like prepare myself for a sense of judgment anytime I'm doing something that's a little bit vulnerable or that's a little bit outside of my comfort zone to be like, hey, I think I'm going to do an event of someone to just, you know, be like, oh, why would you do that? But the two of you were just so supportive in that and it like honestly warms my heart so much and I'm so glad to have you guys like. In Seattle, as friends, as like mentors, almost in a, in a way. Um, so thank you guys so much for being on today.
3: You're yeah. welcome. But when you yeah. told me that you wanted to do this, it's something that I've also wanted to do yes. for my own podcast. Mm-hmm. So I selfishly was like, yeah, you do it. I'm going to see <laughs> you how do it goes. First. But no, like you've inspired me to be like, yeah. okay, I
0: really need to do this because yeah. it's awesome. So yeah, you're also thing. way more yeah. of, a, of a professional at this <laughs> no. than I am. <laughs> but yeah thank you guys so much um and we can kind of switch switch to our next segment here but i'm gonna give you guys hugs All right. A quick message from our sponsors here before we move forward. Um, Just want to let you guys know that I have absolutely loved using Grove. And now that it is springtime, they are ones you should be definitely checking out. This is an offer that is going to be quite um, wonderful for us during this time of spring and cleaning. Um, Wanting to make sure that the cleaning products that you're using in your home are going to be healthy, safe, um, affordable, uh, accessible, um, non-toxic. Um, So Grove really makes it easy to shop for products that are going to be safe for your home um, and actually safe for the planet as well. So they deliver brands that you love like Mrs. Meyers and 7th Generation and Burt's Bees who are all some of my favorite companies um, right to your doorstep. It makes it super easy. Uh, Right now you can try Grove before this exclusive spring offer runs out for a limited time. My listeners get a three-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyers Spring Sense, a free 60-day VIP membership, and a support prize little bonus gift just for you when you sign up and place an order of $20 or more. Check out Grove and our special offer at grove.co slash Taylor. That's grove.co not.com slash Taylor. Again, grove.co not.com slash Taylor. So make sure to check them out and we can get back to the show. All right. It's chairs very comfy, but I feel like a swing almost getting in them. Um, So for our second segment here, we're going to go a little bit more in depth with some of our feelings and talk about some things that might make us feel a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, So I want to introduce Laura Burkhart. She's an artist. She's a designer. She's a maker here in Seattle. She's born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. Um, And we met, actually, I did a I did a... I don't even know what you call it. I'm blanking on words right now. I had a project... A project on a uh, on a houseboat, and um, the houseboat next to me was featured on this show, uh, Stay Here, and it was it was on Netflix. And the door uh, on that houseboat was the cutest thing. Carla Marie actually came on the houseboat with me and uh, had posted the door on our Instagrams as well. And um, someone had commented and was like, "Oh, that's Laura Burkhardt's door," and I was like, "Oh, who was this?" And uh, she's super super sweet. And um, I went to one of her paint classes uh she hosts these paint workshops and she does all kinds of amazing artwork um but she also is very down to talk about the feels and she's experienced some very intense uh loss in the last few years um and so she's going to share with us a little bit about that um so laura you want to come on out here girl Hi, everyone. And she's also pregnant. Right.
4: So,
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so first, we both have been shitting ourselves all day. Um, anxiety just really, really manifests hits manifests right, so, right here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to talk about anxiety a lot here, and it manifests in all kinds of ways. Um, and I want to kind of start off with like how this came to be that we're sitting here today, uh, because it was just a few weeks ago that we were in Ballard at Miro Tea, just to like catch up and hang out. And yeah. we had this whole conversation <laughs> about yeah. anxiety and our lives. And I was like, Laura, you should talk about this more. <laughs>
4: yeah. About <laughs> how it lives in my stomach. And yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah. I don't think you've, this is kind of like your first experience with, talking about this stuff publicly a little bit. You've talked a little bit yes. on Instagram.
4: Yeah. I'm pretty comfortable writing about it and yeah. um, talking about it one-on-one, but I've definitely never been in front of a microphone and a group of people talking about it. So yeah. bear with me, everyone, but we'll which get is- real personal real quick. So yeah. it will be fine.
0: <laughs> no, which is why I'm so happy yeah. because you definitely are someone that like leans in to uncomfortable things and to new experiences. And it's part of why I look up to you and part of why I think you're going to be an amazing mother, um, oh, because you, you really, you practice that. I think you'll be able to model that really well. Um, but yeah, just, we, we talked about anxiety, how it manifests in ourselves. Um, you opened up to me a little bit about your brother. Um, and, um, I mean, Oh, this feels comfortable for you as possible because I know these are very yeah. sensitive subjects to discuss um, but yeah you've just you've had to experience loss in some really really unfortunate ways yeah
4: I mean so about ten years ago now which it feels mm-hmm. crazy to say ten years but yeah. it's been about a decade since my brother I was 24 years old at the mm-hmm. time and he was 26 and he took his own life and um, it, I mean it was completely shocking um, yeah. is hopefully not a lot of you know, but you may know that, you know, usually when that happens, you don't see it coming. It's not mm-hmm. something that, you know, I think a lot of people want to expect that it will be expected in some way. Yeah. And it absolutely wasn't, you know, as far as I was concerned, he could have been hit by a bus. It was like out, yeah. of, out of nowhere. Um, certainly had struggled with depression and um, I mean, that's depression, yeah. anxiety it was something that I knew in my family had run in my family, mm-hmm. and um, and that's something yeah. that
0: like your family kind of felt pretty and like equipped to deal with.
4: Yeah, we've always been super supportive. My dad is a psychologist as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I always knew like as far as therapy. I know you guys were talking about therapy. I knew at a very young age. It was always there. It was always available. Yeah. I could always go to the point where I was like, no, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Really, I'm good. Um, so yeah, we were really well supported and pretty educated about it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, but he was living in New York at the time. I was down in California at the time, and he was actually seeking help mm-hmm. and getting help from a professional and um, was. Sort of being treated for depression, he was probably actually more bipolar, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, a little bit of a nuanced thing for most people. And even mm-hmm. in the professional world, I've psychiatrists and psychologists. It's yeah. even more recently becoming more understood what that difference is. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was being treated professionally and being medicated, and it was just the wrong medication. Mm-hmm. And he was really far away from home, and so we kind of pieced a lot of things together after the fact. Yeah. But um, yeah, as far as we knew, he was getting help, doing well.
0: And I think one thing that is important to discuss in our conversation um, is kind of how you ended up experiencing everything that happened afterwards, like how that impacts a family, how that has impacted you. Um, And a lot of that kind of comes down to the fact that no one wanted to talk about it.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, I mean, it's not comfortable for people to talk about it. And there's something about when you lose someone young, that's really traumatic, but when it is suicide, people just sort of shut down. Mm -hmm. Like no one kind of knew what to do with me anymore. Um, I had people that couldn't even look me in the eye anymore because they just didn't know what Mm -hmm. to say, how to deal with it. You know, It's different than cancer that maybe they can relate to Mm -hmm. in some way. And you know, and it's different being inside of it. Like, it's very confusing. Yeah. There's a lot of grief and guilt and all kinds of layers of complexity that I think we're still unpacking and mm-hmm. probably still will be unpacking. And um, I was also in a place where I hadn't known people for my whole life. So it was also yeah. hard for them to understand the impact this was having on yeah, my life.
0: being in college and trying to make new friends. and yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. No one knew me, like, where I was in California. No one had known my family and known my brother, really. You yeah. know, so to them it was... They didn't understand, you know, as much as hopefully you understand when you have a sibling and you're two years apart, that's like losing mm-hmm. a, an arm, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, so it definitely became clear to me that like if I told people mm-hmm. and if it got as far in the conversation for them to ask what happened and I hated having to say to them, yeah. he took his own life. Even the way I say that, like it's hard for me to say suicide because it feels mm-hmm. like a heavy word for people. And I just watch people sort of shut down not know what to say to me and change the subject um move on and that was really hard because i love talking about my brother you know Mm -hmm. like he was a huge part of my life he's still a huge part of my life he's part of why i am who i am and Mm -hmm. um he was someone that we bragged about you know he was like a genius worked at google he was one of the senior programmers that came up with google earth and i love talking about his life much more than i like talking about his death Mm -hmm. um But at the same thing, both, both things are part of me and my life. So,
0: yeah. And can you think of a time where you did share with someone, um, about his loss and they responded in a way that made you feel comfortable to open up and like what that, what that would look like for someone to, to lean in and to have open arms in that conversation as opposed to like shutting down and being like that. I don't know how to talk about suicide. That makes me uncomfortable.
4: Yeah. Well, I think um, one thing that's really helpful is is sort of people understanding that... And I think this maybe applies to every sort of loss. Mm -hmm. That healing from a loss of a loved one is an ongoing and probably forever process. It's not like you're over it and yeah. it will get better yeah. like it i mean parts of coping with it get better mm-hmm. but it doesn't get better you know yeah. so i think the the second someone can allow you the space to just like have the feelings mm-hmm. and and feel it and even know that 5 years later you're still feeling it yeah. and that one day randomly, you might wake up and feel it 10 times more than the day before for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and to not be shocked by that and to know that it's a constant process. I think that's been really helpful for me. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, people that allow you honestly to be an open wound because Mm -hmm. you are when you experience something like that and to just not be uncomfortable with the fact that you're still feeling so much Mm -hmm. because maybe they've moved on or have wanted to move on.
0: Yeah. And that the healing really is going to be like a lifetime experience because that person was such a big part of your life. And, um, I think it's, it's important, like you said, to understand that that is going to be an open wound and that some days it might not be, but other days it will be. And that will be five years down the road. That will be 10 years down the road. And I think making sure that you do have those people in your life that you can openly communicate with and you can share that kind of a safe space with really helps with some of that healing because it's always going to be a process. Um, And I guess I'm curious for you if you can share a little bit of like how you do practice healing that. How you do cope with yourself when you feel like that that grief is coming up and how you maybe let it be.
4: Well, I think... the biggest um, thing is to to actually face it and feel it because certainly the, the thing that is the worst is to pretend like it's not there and not deal with it. And, you know, I would say the per- first couple years I was in shock and, you know, I was sort of taking care of my parents who were dealing with it in totally different ways and in a situation where I learned really quickly Mm-hmm. that to not talk about it was better for everyone else. Mm-hmm. So that manifested in anxiety, insomnia, all these other things that I'd never experienced before in my life. But all of a sudden I was sort of shutting something down mm-hmm. and it was, of course, coming out another way. So yeah. I think, and sometimes it happens every once in a while, I'll just like break down and be like, what's going on? Or I'll mm-hmm. feel really anxious and I'm like, oh, I haven't like let myself feel it in yeah. a while. And so sometimes it just helps to like... Cry have yeah. a good cry, I personally write in my journal and sometimes mm-hmm. directly to my brother yeah. um, and that helps me in mm-hmm. some ways and and just being able to talk about it, I think and yeah. and talk about him mm-hmm. openly and um, just like who he was in his life, more so yeah' is always helpful
0: yeah i I really like the idea of of writing to him yeah. directly, I think that can be super healing. yeah, and
4: sometimes it 's like. Hey, I know you would hate that I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, he wasn't he would maybe call me woo woo and the idea of that like I'm writing to him for mm-hmm. him would be like he would shake his head at me if he was alive, yeah. but I'm, so it, even sometimes that's the conversation in my journal. Mm-hmm. It's just like I know you think this is silly, but Yeah. It's what it's my process and it's what I'm mm-hmm. going through. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so I'm curious if if you're comfortable as we talk about this kind of loss and, and how you've coped with that. Um, you also experienced a different kind of loss last year, um, yeah. that you've shared a little bit about on Instagram. Um, so if you're yeah. comfortable sharing yeah. a little bit about that story, um, yeah,
4: I mean, uh, so as you can see, I'm five months pregnant now, but, yeah. um, last year I lost, a, mm-hmm. a pregnancy at, about four months. Mm. So I was in my second trimester and, um, miscarriage is another thing that (laughs) even though all of a sudden when you do say it, so many women have experienced Mm it multiple times, but no one is talking about it. Yeah. Um, even even
0: in our first conversation, we didn't even end up talking about it. Yeah. Um, I think partially in my head, I knew I was like, we're going to talk about this here (laughs) because this will be very important for other people to hear. Yeah. Um, but yeah that even wasn't something that we even got to. Yeah. It's it, even as a woman who has known
4: other women who have had miscarriages, mm-hmm. I I it, when I was in it didn't even understand what I was going through what I was about to go through. Even if yeah. the, as the doctors were telling me what was happening, I didn't know like that then there were steps to prepare for that were going to continue to be traumatic. Yeah. And um and yeah, it's this sort of loss that you're kind of left with feeling like I think people outside of it, even I will admit before Mm -hmm. ever being pregnant kind of was like, oh, that must be sad, but it's like losing something you
0: never had, which is, no, it's like, it's losing a life that was growing inside of you. Um, And even then, I mean, you get this, I mean, I've never been pregnant. I, I again, probably fall a little bit in that category of just having no idea what that could feel like. Um, And it's not a topic even that I've ever covered on the podcast before. Um, But I mean, yeah, if I put myself in that position and I'm like, If something was even able to grow inside of me like that. And again, maybe, maybe the full life hasn't came, but in your head, you have now prepared this whole new chapter and this whole new narrative of your own identity, of what your life is going to look like, of how your family is going to change. Yeah. And then you lose all of it.
4: Yeah. And I mean, it definitely shifts things into very clear view very Mm -hmm. quickly. I think just being pregnant. And, you know, I think when you lose a life inside of you or life isn't Mm -hmm. viable inside of you, you take a pretty hard long look at your own life. Mm -hmm. And um, it's hard not to just see everything in such a different way because all of a sudden it was just about you know, this being such an important thing. And I lost that and I was kind of in zero fucks mode for yeah. a while, yeah. uh, quit my job immediately after mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and it felt really good cause I couldn't control that. Yeah. So it was like turning to all these things that I was like, okay, there are some things in my life I do need to change. Mm-hmm. I can control a little bit and I'm going to yeah. take charge and like mm-hmm. just another reminder, like life is short and yeah. you know, you gotta be doing what you love and you've got to
0: And now when you say you quit your job, because also kind of like our other guests we had up here, um, you also hustle so hard and (laughs) like are just such a badass, like in your shop with your overalls and with your like wood cutter thing. I don't know what they are. Yeah. The Um, hope is the baby
4: will be able to sleep through anything because the chop saw is like so close to the belly right now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, just with this whole tool shed and just, I look at some of these pictures of you and I'm just like such a badass, such a badass. Um, But when you say quit your job, you were doing something else, and then all of this still. um, Yeah, I was side hustling
4: it um, for pretty much as long as I've been. I've been sort of in and out of corporate jobs always as an artist and a designer. So in many situations, my dream job but for a corporation. Mm -hmm. And then always side hustling like all night and every weekend, my Mm -hmm. personal work, which just no matter how fulfilling that corporate job ever was. I just kept coming back to needing mm-hmm. to do my own thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I had been doing that. And actually, I will say, when I got pregnant, as much as everyone else wanted to tell me that, like, I really needed a stable job with benefits to ever be able to have a kid, the mm-hmm. second I got pregnant, I was like, oh, it's time to go. <laughs> You're like, um, no more of I just knew for me that... Um, that the lifestyle I wanted once mm-hmm. the baby came was different than the lifestyle I was living. So yeah. that became more important. So I was side hustling while while pregnant, while mm-hmm. in a nine to five with a commute and um, sort of preparing and figuring out how I was going to leave yeah. with the baby coming. And so yeah. when the baby didn't come, I was just like, all right, well, this is an easy decision now. And mm-hmm. um, just decided to kind of change course and, yeah. and do my thing. And it felt like I had a lot less to lose because I had just lost that. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just let's fall into it.
0: Yeah. I, I can very much relate to the feeling of, okay, this wasn't something I could control. And now I want to try to control the other things in my life. And um, maybe to try to gain a sense of, um, of confidence, of security, of some kind of, I mean, control really just gives us like comfort. Sometimes, yeah, um, yeah. I don't like how. How do you and your husband then? Because now it's kind of like the two of you are really grieving this, or had to grieve this together. And do you find this to be a somewhat similar process of loss and grief as with your brother? Um,
4: I will say it was really triggering. Yeah. Um, for that. Um. And it, at my due date it was actually the day that my brother died, which made it feel very connected, of course, mm-hmm. and it was just compounded. So that day was yeah. like this horrible day in my life already. And then all of a sudden I had to experience it as the day my baby would have come and mm-hmm. the day that... And, um, so yeah it was it was kind of just like all meshed together, I think a definitely very different um, mm-hmm. kind of loss um, mm-hmm. but it it felt triggering in like a different way, yeah. and also I think for our family, having lost him like mm-hmm. this new life coming into our family, for my parents yeah. for our like my cousins it you know like it feels like you know such a a different kind of big joy that we're going to bring a new life in when having lost someone like that. So I just think it it felt intermixed, like Hmm. definitely different. But
0: how did you feel about yourself when you lost the baby?
4: Um, I mean, I felt like I was pretty stressed out and, yeah. and even depressed while pregnant because of the situation I was in, which again, the situation I was in was not bad. It was just yeah. a place I knew my soul didn't want me to be mm-hmm. and a lifestyle I didn't want to be. And, um, I think the one thing I felt, not that I like blamed myself, but I did feel like, well, I'm going to get this stress and like anxiety and depression thing under control for this life inside of me mm-hmm. because... Um, you know, they're living inside of you. It has to be yeah. like somehow connected. And mm-hmm. um, I just didn't like the idea of that I was worrying and stressing out every day. Like, what am I going to do? And this yeah. baby comes, how am I? 33 years old and finally doing this thing I've wanted mm-hmm. to do forever and worked in this career for over a decade. And somehow things aren't lining up the way mm-hmm. I want them to. And I was mm-hmm. pretty worried about it. And I was worried that that worry and stress would mm-hmm. translate to the baby, Yeah, you know? So I think that definitely crossed my mind. And mm-hmm. I just knew... That that was something that I knew. Next time, I was like, next yeah. time I get pregnant, I'm at least gonna mm-hmm. have that all in a better, different place for me. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I I feel like the the women that I have heard speak about having miscarriages have have struggled with this feeling of feeling like they're a failure and feeling like they failed and like well, even that word
4: yeah. miscarriage, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you mi- mistook something, you yeah. you dropped something. It's like very. Yeah, it's a tough word to even call the, that thing that's happening.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that it's, I mean, already when you do get pregnant, I feel like you you gain this whole other kind of identity and your your sense of self really transitions into something else. Um, not that I'm speaking from experience. Uh, but I'm, I don't know. I guess I just I just can't even imagine. And like, you're just... You're already like such a badass person and are like so strong. And I'm like, I'm so happy for you and your husband now Thank that you guys you. get to experience this together. We're so excited. I will, mm-hmm. I will say it, it,
4: that grief definitely translated into this pregnancy mm-hmm. in a way, too. You know, I'm now five months in and feeling like yeah. I'm not that far from this baby coming, but the first four months, it was just all about that next appointment. You know, it was all about like the pregnancy lasting and getting Mm -hmm. a good ultrasound and kind of, you definitely get your hopes up no matter what, but there was something about us like needing to be more cautious and Mm -hmm. and not get too excited and, and feeling like, you know, like I'd go to an appointment and they'd go to find the heartbeat and I would just be like, I mean, so stressed. (laughs) It was just like, find that heartbeat, you know, find that heartbeat. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been hard to like, get over that and now all of a sudden we're like okay well it seems like this is really happening and now we gotta figure it out Mm because there's a baby coming real soon yeah (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I mean the when I think of like already you know you're an artist you're a hustler that you already deal with some kind of like comparison in that way of comparing to other artists maybe and um for sure, <laughs> yes, that there's already that, and then I feel like as a woman we experience that as well um, of comparing out to other women in terms of you know appearance and professions and, and all of that stuff. but then you add on this other identity and this other role of also being a mother then, and with that experience of a miscarriage as well and the amount of kind of comparison and, and where that can go um, even how you said in the first few months, you know, just worrying that all this anxiety that you were having was going to impact it. Um, and that's where I was like, I should be like, don't beat yourself up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't beat yourself up. Um, mean, there's also, uh,
4: if anyone in here has been pregnant, you know, that people give you their opinions about everything and they want to, like Mm -hmm. everyone has a judgment or a way Mm -hmm. to do it and a way to do every step of it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's hard to like, to know what to listen to and what mm-hmm. not to listen to and shut out the noise and, mm-hmm. and yeah. And even the judgments about like, well, how are you going to do what you're doing? Yeah. You know, and be pregnant. How are you going to do what you're doing mm-hmm. and have a baby? And, um, because my husband is an entrepreneur as well. Mm-hmm. Like we both have our own business yeah. and yes, that means paying out of pocket for insurance yeah. and all the things. You guys but are such a power couple, <laughs> honestly. It just, but what it does mean is that we get the kind of lifestyle where mm-hmm. our schedules work yeah. well to be with the baby. And we just kind of decided that was more important than, you know, a lot of other luxuries that you do give up when you don't Mm -hmm. have something super stable. So yeah.
0: And you guys, you have been together forever. Yeah. Almost 14 years. Yes. (laughs) You guys have been together for a very long time. We take Um, our time with stuff. Yes. We didn't get married till
4: (laughs) nine years and now we're like the last one's having kids. So yes.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, one thing that I frequently end up talking about on the podcast is relationships and, and dating. And, um, I don't know that I've had someone on that's been, um, in a relationship for as long as you have, Really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, special. yeah, I mean, no, it is a very special thing. <laughs> um, and even just meeting him too. I mean, you guys, I can see where you guys work really, really well together. Um, but I'm curious if you can share, I mean, already you guys have gone through this miscarriage last year and kind of how you guys have coped with that but i'm curious any other kind of you know i guess the <laughs> the very uh, cheesy question of like how do you make a relationship last that long well i will say he is my polar opposite yeah
4: um so as you know i'm i'm a feelings forward person he yeah. is definitely not and um i think sometimes we look for someone who's exactly like us in that way mm-hmm. and i'm always like if you were exactly like me we would just like lay around and talk about our feelings yeah. all the time yeah. <laughs> so you're like how would we get things yeah, done it's good to have like the balance but what he does need to be and what he is is someone mm-hmm. that allows me to yes. be that way yes and i think that's the most important thing and i on the other hand need to allow him to not want to process everything mm-hmm. outwardly with me constantly you know I so just, yeah just <laughs> let him have his process and me have mine because it, it's very different like yeah. i like i want to go through how i felt about everything mm-hmm. that happened the mm-hmm. whole day and i'm like and how was your day are like
0: oh i know exactly yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah i asked how his day was and he was like oh, it worked yeah i'm like and anything he was like no i mean Now I'm here, let's, uh, he's just as much more in the moment and he kind of processes things in his head. So I think that is kind of where we have a push pull, but also Mm -hmm. where it, it works for us. And, um, yeah. And I think just allowing ourselves to really be independent and have our independent Mm -hmm. lives. And again, we've gone through a lot of like life transitions Mm -hmm. and sort of grown up together. We started dating when I was 20. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was, I was a baby, Mm -hmm. had to have like a fake idea at his band (laughs) concerts and stuff. So (laughs) that was a very different era. Um, and yeah, and we've sort of grown through all these different stages together. He also went through the loss of my brother with me, which I feel grateful for every single day. I feel Mm -hmm. so grateful that he got to know my brother because explaining that, explaining my brother to Mm -hmm. someone new and explaining that whole process. So yeah. He just knows me and my family really well, and he mm-hmm. um, he just knows how to support and be yeah. there for us, but also we really know how to let each other be our own people and do yeah. our own thing, and that mm. that's very different mm-hmm. usually. Like, for me, that's going out with friends and mm-hmm. spending time with other people, and for him, that's, like, letting him have a night, like, alone, headphones in, yeah. doing his thing, hanging out with the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely an introvert, and I'm an extrovert, and just, like... Mm that compromise and knowing that he doesn't need to come
0: out with me all the time. He doesn't need to be as social as me. That's Mm -hmm. okay. So I'm going to ask you a very selfish question (laughs) Um, and perhaps a bit of advice from you. Uh, The fact that you are such a feeler and he is kind of like, I don't want to talk about my feelings. I'm fine. Um, How do you then sit with the fact that he either isn't going to go there or that, for example, if there's a current conflict and he's not willing to go there, how do you then sit with that? Whatever those feelings are that come up for me, it's anxiety mm-hmm. um, of what comes up for you then uh, and how you deal with that. to, to let that space be, I'm so yeah. impatient. Yeah. I'm so it's bad tough. at letting that space be.
4: Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough, but I think it's just like talking to him and processing as much like on my mm-hmm. end as I can and, and just getting out and then, and then being okay with, he's done with his process, but if, yeah. if it's manifesting in some other way, like I'll call it out Yeah, and I'll be like, maybe you need to deal <laughs> with that thing over there. If this is happening. Yeah. Um, because you know, I think there's a difference between not processing it and not mm-hmm. dealing with it. And then maybe just not dealing with it hourly, yeah. you know? So, yeah. and that's the thing that I like, I can't see from the outside. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference there. And if he's just not processing things at all or dealing with it, I think that's something that you can kind of like help with as a partner. And if it's more just that he's not letting me in on his Mm -hmm. process, that's something that I've just had to learn to kind of let
0: go. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, And it sounds like you guys have a very good balance of like letting yourselves be your own individual people. And not... uh, There certainly is a togetherness, but you're also... You're still Laura, and you're used you to have your whole own identity, and it's not exclusive to the two of you together. Yeah, and I think I think that can be something at least with a lot of people that I've had on the podcast that um, that we end up struggling with. That as as a woman, um, your worth and your identity can be so heavily placed on the fact that you have a boyfriend or you don't have a boyfriend, um, and that that kind of becoming. Who you are, mm-hmm. um, and it seems like you've done a good job of maintaining your own independence in your relationship. Yeah, I think that the the
4: key and the thing that I noticed when I first started dating him it was the first time that like we both kind of equally felt about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like even even things like jealousy, which aren't great, but we both had like mm-hmm. the same amount of jealousy. There wasn't like an unbalanced like an mm-hmm. imbalance there, and we both sort of like had the same amount of respect for each other, mm-hmm. and it's like. I think who he is and what he does is is awesome, and I'm in awe mm-hmm. of it just as much as he is of me. Yeah. So that is really important that there's a balance there, and then it allows us to sort of, like, mm-hmm. like need, there's not ever one of us that feels, like, more intimidated, or one of us is doing more than the other mm-hmm. person. It's, it's not it's like, like a competition.
0: F- right. Which is very important, <laughs> yeah. especially when you're both, like, hustling on your own things. Yeah. Um, that you guys have really come together as a team and it makes my heart so warm to know that he did get to know your brother and that he's yeah. that you guys have had such a, a journey together in such this amount of time and that you have such great support in him and in your family to deal with the losses that you've experienced and then any other kind of loss that unfortunately we sometimes have to yeah. experience in the future and i um, will say
4: in 14 years we did breakup once and we did long distance <laughs> for two and a half years yes <laughs> so it's not like it was all the perfect 14 yeah. years you know we went through
0: mm-hmm. different
4: stages of it but.
0: yeah but you guys have put in the hard work yeah, yeah. um Well, thank you so much. I mean, I know that this was very, very outside of your comfort zone today to talk to everyone.
4: How red is my face right now?
0: (laughs) Not red at all. You're good. Um, But yeah, just thank you. I mean, being vulnerable is never easy, but I hope that you felt like it's been a safe space to to do that in. And I mean... Everyone's smiling faces has definitely helped a lot. Yeah. It feels so nice. Yes. Thank um, you guys. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so happy that you came and that you did this. And I know it was outside of your comfort. Um, But yeah, I think that does it. Uh, Uh And then I think we're going to open up the floor here to do some Q&A. If you guys have questions, Um, Carla Marie and Les, do you guys want to come back up? And then we can kind of do questions for anyone and everyone. Thank you. We'll just share right, a mic. So we've got like 15 minutes for some Q&A.
1: And so if I can see, I'll probably answer. Like, we'll choose a few hands, and I'll come by, and you guys will have to speak a lot because we don't have a mic to come to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but do we have anyone who wants to ask the first
2: question? There's a hand. Yes, There's a hand. Questions. Brittany!
0: Brittany! Yes.
4: yeah yeah I mean, I think it's it's very true being an entrepreneur probably in a lot of fields, but and as a maker, it can be really isolating um you know, especially as an artist, like there's not someone who's helping you with that, right It's your own thing, but um I think you really have to, like, build your support system and have other people that are sort of, like, in similar situations that understand the nuances of all those highs and lows. Or maybe someone that is in a similar situation, but they... Are just there with you understanding it so that they know that it it's a big deal or not a big deal um my husband definitely does help with that because and again like he's going through it but in in a way that's much more like this and i'm like hi low, hi <laughs> like i'm riding <laughs> the waves of it i'm feeling it all and things that are a really big deal to me and and like that um he understands are a big deal to me and I, I but i think you just gotta like celebrate those things and outwardly and not feel bad about that because. All those little things when you're doing your own thing are a huge deal. Like mm-hmm. getting that first sale is a huge deal. The fact that someone found your website and clicked mm-hmm. on it, yeah. that's a big deal, yes. you know? So just allowing yourself to celebrate it and, you know, and rolling with that, those bad moments is also just as important. And just knowing that like, that's what's making all that other stuff that much sweeter.
0: And I will also say, thank you so much, Brittany, for your question, that uh, her candles are in your VIP goodie bags as well. So check them out. (laughs) Yay. Any other questions? We have a hand. Barb. My
4: question actually is for Les. So I know Taylor. I am also a business professional in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I've been... For 15 years, and I've really struggled with inclusivity of having people of color in my class. And I don't, I just honestly don't know what to do, how to reach out. Do you have any recommendations of where to go or advertise or what's the best way to try to get more diversity and
2: inclusivity in this population? Yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, I think we're all naturally drawn to spaces where we feel. Seen, heard, included, and welcomed. And I think it's hard anytime you walk into a space and feel different from anyone else, Mm -hmm. even if everyone's super nice, even if everyone is super super welcoming, there is always kind of a disconnect there. Um, So maybe it is something like partnering with another fitness professional of color and kind of merging communities to create that same... (laughs) 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 <laughs> I got my classes. sneakers in the back um, to, to create that sense of community. It's something that I've also gotten a lot of questions of around events where people say, I'm hosting this great event and I wish that there were more people of color there. And it's like, well, who's planning your event? Who's giving input for what the marketing looks like and who's speaking? I mean, you have to kind of have that inclusivity at every layer and level of the planning to make it feel more inclusive for more people.
0: You're welcome. And I also say Barb's classes are super wonderful. And (laughs) it's most of how I get my exercise. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Capitol Hill uh, next to Smith in a basement, but it's super cozy oh, the and dance classes. Yes. They're oh, my, yeah. I call them my hippie dance workout classes. <laughs> and I know it's maybe not the best marketing, but it's, it's, v- <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I always feel very comfortable and it is. It's like women of all shapes and sizes of all ages, but I, I will agree. I think I'm probably the only person of color that I've seen in, in the classes. It's very rare. Very yeah. Rare. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely check out Barb's classes. They're also in your goodie bags. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
3: Said, uh, yeah, that's a great, I usually celebrate by starting something new. I mean, seriously, <laughs> when I kindly finally got to a point with our morning show where things felt great, I was like, now I need a podcast. And that's <laughs> honestly what I do, and I've got things that I'm ready to do once things calm down for me. And there's so many more things I do want to do. But uh, how I got to this point, I've always wanted to do radio since I was a kid. So it's just, that's all I've ever thought. I really have never thought of anything else. So now this world of, oh, I can do more things because I have this career is crazy to me. And I don't think about it like I need to celebrate. For me, it's just, I need to work more, which I probably should think. Okay, I need to celebrate. celebrate. Yeah, I I shouldn't. Exactly. But for me, it's more, okay, how do I get more people involved? That's how I celebrate. I want to bring more people in. Okay, so I do this podcast and I have someone on every week who gets to tell their story. That is how I get excited. It's so weird, but I love connecting people. I mean- that's how we met. We also met at an event where yeah. women got to connect with other women. But yeah. just the idea of connecting people to me makes me so happy. And when I see them doing things together, that's almost like my mini celebration. Like, I'm so pumped that these people that I connected are now branching off and doing something on their own. So do I throw a party for myself? No. But I just continue to work more and do more things with my success.
0: I will, I will also just add to... How much I love Carla Marie. Um, I think when I first entered kind of this weird world of, of media life, um, specifically in how I entered it, everyone there's not as much inclusivity or or connection that it's a lot of just kind of like, well, these are my hookups. This is, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to this event where I would be like, oh, I got invited to this event. So like, who else wants to come with me? But like, then, then they'd be like, oh, I was already invited. I'm like, oh, you weren't going to invite anyone. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) where I've noticed, like even for you being in Seattle, where like you have different contacts and I have different contacts and I've never felt like you've been like stingy of like, this is like my facial place you're like hey (laughs) check out my facial place i'm like thank you (laughs) so yeah you are a big connector i will say that yeah Yeah. you also had a question i don't know who i'm directing this to but
4: definitely just want to throw it out there that uh i would love some advice as someone who feels a lot and internalizes and knows what i'm going through in my seasons and dealing with anxiety it's hard to have a partner who i've been with since i was 20 And we've also, like, dealt with loss. He lost his mother, and I lost my best friend at a young Mm -hmm. age. And it's hard to know when he's in a season of,
2: like, internalizing or in a season where he might need help, and I'm not exactly sure of ways to kind of check in with him in a, like, sensitive way where I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, like, make him talk about it because I like talking about my friend, and it makes me feel better. But he just doesn't bring up his mom often, and I just don't know how Mm -hmm. to, like,
1: approach that.
4: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's tough. And I I think that, first of all, I think it probably should be okay for you to ask him about his mom any day, right? And just open, like, open it up. And if he's, yeah, if he's not into it, maybe just letting that be. And then, and then knowing that if it's something you really need and he's not there, like, that's when you lean on your other support system, you know, and and knowing that it's okay that he's not going to be like the entire support system. And, Maybe you are for him. I mean, in my situation, my husband doesn't open up to anyone really but me. So I do feel like that. But I, but I have a lot of other support systems because he can't hear about it all the time and be my only person because I just need it more than he does. And that sometimes just needs to be okay to like walk away and go spend the time with like those people that I need to spend the time with because, you know, I need to be in that place right now. And if he's not, so I don't know if that's
0: helpful, but <laughs> okay, good. Do either of you have anything to add to that? Okay. Um, one thing I will say is oftentimes I think when we try to open that door for someone to share how they're feeling or what they're experiencing, um, there sometimes can automatically be this door that goes up of like, "Mm, no, don't want to talk about it. Um, and I think sometimes it can be important to go like a step below what we're asking them and really actually just express what our intention is of, I want to make sure you're okay. Or, I really care about you and I want you to know that I'm here for you if you do want to talk about it Um, or if you want to go for a run to express it or if you want to throw things at a wall or whatever you need to express that if you want me to be a part of that with you I would love to. Being direct
1: and not passive
0: is definitely something I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. It's a hard thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So
1: I social media right now it's definitely hard to get things started
4: where do you get the confidence or the drive to really put yourself out there because there's a lot of rejection that comes with
1: social media especially when you have a low following to
4: start I mean I get anxiety giving a business card to somebody or reaching out to someone it just happened downtown like it's it's scary like where do you find that confidence to believe in you and your product enough to reach out
2: Hmm. Uh, I can kind of take that. Well,
3: the <laughs> first thing I was going to say is, I know you told me I can curse, was going to say, fuck them. Seriously. Yeah. I'm not kidding. You, ha- you cannot. If someone hates something you're doing, that's their problem, not yours. If you're not hurting someone or being mean, then there's, if they don't like whatever your business is. What is it, by the way? Um, I sell Pacific Northwest inspired
1: shelving um, wood cracking mountains. Pork to Peaks. Yes.
3: Okay. <laughs> See? And there, there's a whole market for that. But someone may hate shelving and that's fine. But you need to keep doing what you want to do. And in this world of social media, it's so hard because you have no idea why that person's complaining. They literally just may love doing that. And that's their thing. Yes. Delete them, block them, end of story. But I know you do want to grow a following. And if you want to go down the business route of using hashtags and doing all of that, I personally love the Later blog. Just It has amazing, amazing tips on there for really growing a following. But. You could probably talk more about being a maker and growing because.
4: Yeah, well, and. I can relate to that because I have been doing what I'm doing in Seattle in this exact same place for, like, 12 years. And Instagram wasn't a thing when I started doing it. And I was pretty late to the game of Instagram. I don't have, like, that big of a following at all because I was doing the stuff, you know, and really <laughs> connecting. And I, and I think you just got to remember, that, like, if you're doing it and you're making it and you're good at it, it does not matter that no one's seen you on Instagram yet. So as far as, like, I, I'd say focus more on those, like, in real life connections, the people in Seattle, give everyone your business card and be like, this is what I've been doing, I'm here. You may not have seen me on social media yet, but that's because I've been freaking making this shit in my woodshop, you know, like, and it's hard to do both, you know, like like a lot of people like that have focused, I mean, at least in my era, it was sort of blogs. And I remember being like, what the hell, like I've been in art school and interior design school and doing all this and like, you just started posting pretty pictures and now you have this huge following (laughs) as an interior designer. And that was hard for me to get over. Um, but you just got to like push past it and remember like, if you're doing the thing that is way more important than like the pictures of the thing and the people following you doing the thing, you know, and to just, just have that confidence that like you're doing it. You don't need the validation of the followers, you know, that'll come later. And I think also speaking to the confidence
2: perspective, especially when it comes to putting yourself out there and putting yourself out there on social media, what I like to think about is. Someone is served by what I'm doing. There's someone out there who either really needs my product, needs my message, is really going to resonate and benefit from something I have to share. And if I'm too scared, if I'm holding it in because I'm scared, that person's not going to get served. And when you think about the people you're serving forget the people you're not. And honestly, anybody who has anything bad to say, those people are never out doing anything cool. (laughs) Like anyone who's successful, who has a business, who's doing something cool, isn't talking bad about what other people are doing. It's always those people sitting at home on their couch trolling. So think about the people you really want to serve and who's really going to benefit from your message. And that will give you the confidence to pursue it.
4: And I'd also say just one more thing to add to that is Um, I think we do get kind of focused on like that number and more people and more people. And then you forget about who is already there yeah. supporting you yeah and like maybe just speaking directly to those people and whether it's five or five thousand like who cares because those people are here they're watching you they're here for it so that's who you're talking to you know and like they'll tell more people about it it will grow organically at some point and you can do all the other things you know that business wise you need to get there but like focus on who is there maybe more and that just might be like for your own confidence help like well wait i might wish that number was higher but these people are like here for it and are supporting it and have bought the product or looking at the product and that's pretty cool
0: it's awesome yeah and and i'll also add while business wise the numbers can be a really good thing to also be very cautious because it can become a really slippery slope of that number becoming your worth and whether that's your weight or your instagram following that does not determine your worth or your quality or your value. Um, so I think that's really important to remember when you are trying to build some kind of a following. And I'm sure all of you can also relate to that. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's all I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, all of you guys are very successful women, um,
4: and I'm sure that you've dealt with a lot of failure as well. So how did you overcome those failures to like get to the level that you're at?
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I have plenty of, (laughs) plenty of failures I can talk about. Um, well I deal with a failure every week and then like a success every week and it's just a constant back and forth. And I think the biggest success is not letting those failures like stop you. Mm -hmm. Because if the first, if you're like getting rejected and you're like, well, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, maybe it's not what you're supposed to be doing. But if you know in your heart and soul, that's what you're supposed to be doing, like you just got to push past those failures and and just weight them less than the successes, you know? I mean, I, per, I personally, I've been painting, for example, forever as one of my mediums, and this October got very rejected in a horrible way. <laughs> like, literally hung my work on a wall and was like not a good fit and had to take it all back down load it back into my car oh. and go away and it was a show i was supposed to have for the next like three months so it, it i mean it was devastating and i was like i'm never gonna paint again and i was like i don't even know why i'm doing this and i i had to be reminded like that's one asshole yeah, i yelled at you yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like it's friends to keep you in check yeah it i mean the failures suck but it it's like it everyone's experiencing them at mm. every single level like and you just got to push right past them. And, like, feel them and go, okay, yeah. that that was rough. Mm-hmm. And now what am I going to do? You know, and just let it fuel you for the next thing. Because that's, I think, how you get to each next level and, and more success is just, like, not letting them tear you down. Because it could stop you. And then, you know, you could never do the thing again. I could never paint again. And then I would never sell another painting or have another thing. And mm-hmm. then, then that one asshole would have, like been way more weighted on my entire career than he deserved to be at all you know
0: I'm trying to think for you, and I'm like, you just interviewed Michelle Obama. So, like, there's no way you have any
2: failures. Oh, my God. (laughs) I fail all the time.
0: Last year, I tried to go
2: full time in entrepreneurship in my fitness business, and it failed, and I had to go get a job. Talk about humbling. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the most humbling experience of my life, and it was a complete failure. And I felt like a complete failure, and I Mm -hmm. still feel like a complete failure from that experience. But if I would not have done that and realized that that business wasn't for me, I wouldn't have my current business, which led me to getting to meet Michelle Obama and Mm -hmm. do these crazy things in a really short amount of time because I learned how to walk away from something that was no longer serving me. Mm -hmm. But I think that everyone fails all the time. Mm -hmm. Like The people that you think are successful are still struggling with something and Mm -hmm. are maybe even failing at a higher level, have more to lose. So I think you just have to... Determine what success looks like for yourself, and just keep going with it, knowing that no failure is permanent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have something to kind of tag onto that first,
1: Yeah.
0: I think that fear. I mean, I think everyone in this room agrees that we're
1: all like looking to dig deeper into our emotions, or we're dig, we're looking to dig deeper into our true identity, so we can truly become and go where we want to go. But the thing that stops all of us in that is fear. And so I would love to hear from you women. What are tactical, practical ways you walk through that fear? Because I think that fear is what holds a lot of us back. Mm-hmm. Let's start. I wanted to say all of that.
3: I think for, well, so my industry is obviously very different. I have to be me on the air. So I'm judged for literally being myself every day. It's not an Excel spreadsheet that I messed up. It's you said this word and you had this feeling. Maybe you shouldn't have done that, but I did. And it's probably connected with someone. But I always go back to what actually Anthony, my co-host says, is no one can be a better you than you. And it's so true. It's like Laura being Laura. Or Dr. Seuss probably said it first. Good job. See? (laughs) But he says that to me all the time to remind myself to continue to say what I want to say on the air because no one else is going to be able to compete with me if I'm being me. Same thing with you. We're completely different. We're completely different. So there shouldn't be a fear when you're being yourself. If someone doesn't agree with you, then that's fine. But you're being you and you should never take a step back and have to say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But that's my opinion. If I did something I didn't believe in, and then someone gave me crap for it. That's when you should have that fear. But if you're being you,
4: you shouldn't have that fear at all. I also have like a really practical thing I do with fear um, that my therapist helped me with. Because, I mean, I side hustled for years and was and for years was going through the process of I should be doing this. I want to be doing this, but I don't know. And it was a constant back and forth and just fear. And what I would do and what I say to people still is like, well, let's like go down the path. What is worst case scenario? Yes. For most of us, worst case scenario is still not that bad, yeah. you know? So yeah. whatever you're afraid of, like leaning into that, be like, okay, the thing I'm afraid of happens. Okay. Then what? Then you get a job, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you're not homeless on the street. If what you're afraid of is, for me, it was like leaping and doing my own thing. And I was afraid of failing at that. And I was like, Yeah. What is the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is like, go get another job. Is that the end of the world? Absolutely not. You know, and just kind of like playing out your entire fear, I think can be really helpful. Like whether it's on paper or just talking someone through it and just going, oh yeah, Yeah. what? Okay. It's not as scary now because yeah, even if it happened, I'd be okay. Yeah.
0: That's a great exercise. And as you go through that, you can kind of like reality check those things too, to be like, well, is that even really, would that even really happen? And sometimes it's just all in our head. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think also just like looking at what it is, are you truly afraid of? Like putting myself out there is super scary, but also the idea of forever being in a career or living a life that feels really inauthentic to me is even more scary. So in comparison, I'll just put myself out there and try it because, you know, you have to kind of weigh what you have to lose and, and what you're willing to go for.
0: I love that. Any other questions? All right. I'm going to pass this to you now. (laughs) That was
1: absolutely amazing. Can we give it up for these ladies who absolutely just killed it? (laughs) Okay. Well, that was absolutely phenomenal. I know I felt all the feels just now. And so thank you guys for coming for, and thank you for you guys for taking the time out of your days again, to be with us, to experience this with us. Um, I know that it means a lot to Taylor, um, to be out here. This is something, a dream of hers that she's had for a while. So it's cool to see that she stepped through that fear and she's here. Um, as for what's coming up next, um, I'm actually going to have Sarah come get a quick photo of all of you guys. Um, for everyone else, we are going to hang around and do pictures and hang out with Taylor for about the next 15 minutes. If you are VIP, we do have a room ready and available uh to take you guys downstairs. Um Sherelle will do, do that. She'll take you guys on downstairs. So if you guys want to head to the back, we've got a room downstairs and we'll do like a, the proper meet and greet. So cool. Thank you guys again. You guys are amazing.
4: Thank you.
0: And I just want to say one big huge thank you to all of you guys for coming and also wanna give major a shout out and thank you to a few friends and family who have helped put all of this together and helped really, uh, really push me. And I don't even see them in here right now. So, so annoying. <laughs> um, Dipped but out. yeah, they're yeah. probably they're They're doing what I'm thanking them for currently. Um, yeah. Rob, <laughs> um, yeah, just want to say thank you so much, Rob. Um, who's like, i am basically his practice daughter and now he has a wonderful daughter, Naya. Um, so he's basically like my practice dad, kind of dad. I'm making you my dad. Um and has just helped so much and encouraged me and like supported me throughout all of this. Um my Mom, my mom's mom, grandma, but I call her mom mom, is here. Um and is just so supportive and nurturing in all the ways and just has been such a help in all of this. So thank you. Um Canada man who's not in here now, but my boyfriend, uh, his name is Fraser. Um, I really don't know that I would have actually, um, taken the step to do this if it really wasn't for him, like nagging and pushing me to do this for like every day for like three months. (laughs) Um, so huge, huge thank you to him for, um, believing in me and and encouraging me to do this. And also to you guys, because if you guys hadn't agreed to do this with me, I probably wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) Um, so thank you guys so much. And it really, really means a lot to me that all of you guys even came. And I know I said to myself, I was like, even if just three people want to come hang out, it'll (laughs) it'll be really great. Um, so I really, really appreciate all of you guys being here. Um, and thank you so much. Um, and like Morgan said, uh, those of you that have VIP, um, Sherelle and Sharika at the check-in table, will show you guys how to get down there. And we'll be down in a little bit to chat some more and eat some tacos. Uh, my favorite vendor at the market is here and going to be making food for us. Um, and he's super great. And, um, yeah, now I'm rambling. But uh, general <laughs> mission, we can hang out for a minute. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode, my first live podcast event. Um, I really hope that you guys took away something from these guests and um, could probably hear some of the nerves in my voice as well. Um, but it was you know a very good experience to step outside of my comfort zone and put myself out there. And I'm so, so, so incredibly proud for all my guests, especially Laura, who, you know, has has never really spoken publicly and um, hasn't ever really spoken publicly about these very personal things that she, that she shared. Um, and I'm really thankful and honored to be able to provide her with that opportunity and that she, you know, had the the strength and the courage to say yes, to take this opportunity. Um, So just, again, want to give a major, major thank you to Laura for sharing parts of her story with us. Um, Would love to do a full episode with her and with Carla Marie, since she has not been a guest on the podcast until now. Um, They both just have so much more they could share. And um, Les has been on the podcast before. So hopefully you guys can go back and listen to that episode. Um, But yeah, the the whole event, I'm just like still in such awe that this all came together. Um, I was so, so, so nervous going into this and I'm so incredibly thankful for all of you guys who listened to the podcast and who came out. Um, I got to say again, some of those voices, just they can get to you and... I, I did my best to fight through them and then you guys showed up and made them all go away. So I'm so incredibly grateful to you guys who care about creating this kind of community and you know talking about these kinds of things because it's... It's it's definitely not mainstream and it's definitely not something that everyone is into. And I'm just incredibly grateful that that we're able to create more of this community. Um, so yeah, I mean, please let me know what you guys think of, of this episode. And, um, you know, if you guys would want to see me do another live event um, and any other, any kind of constructive feedback, I'm really, I'm always open to constructive feedback and, you know, things that you guys want to see talked about and, and all of that. Um, so I will do my best to, to get back to you guys on these things. And even if I don't get back to you, I will likely have been able to read it and then I'm just processing it all. And, um, you can send all that stuff to our email at it at gmail.com. And always love hearing, uh, sorry, not hearing, reading your reviews on iTunes. Um, so would love to see what you guys are liking about the show and um, what you guys thought of this episode in particular, maybe in a review or just leaving a rating there. Um, it means a lot that you guys show your support through there and take the time to do that. So thank you guys so much. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm so incredibly grateful for for the opportunity even to be able to host this and it meant so 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 much to me to connect with you guys and to see you guys and just to put faces to names and you know see how the how actually talking about this kind of stuff and how the content did impact you guys and you know I'm so much more of a face to face kind of a person as I'm literally sitting in my bedroom, recording this intro and outro uh, to add on to this episode, you know it it does make such a huge difference when you're able to have that face to face interaction and um I'm just I'm so happy that that we that we were able to meet and do this live podcast event and you know potentially some some workshops in the future or meetups in the future because it just it it made such a difference and community is so important, and you know I think. I'm more realizing now the opportunity that that I have to to help create that more for you guys and, and, and that you guys care about creating. So again, thank you so, so, so much. Um, I'm incredibly grateful for you guys and um, I really hope that this was helpful and I really hope you guys enjoyed it and that you guys take away things from it. And I'm so excited that this happened and <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you guys next time. So have a wonderful, wonderful week and I look forward to hearing from you all. And yeah, I will talk to you next time this podcast is brought to you
1: by wave podcast network check out all of our shows including the brain candy podcast i don't get it coffee convos and let's talk about it
0: surgeons keep our hearts beating they do the amazing help save lives and so can you